0: WSJM News Now. This is the 5 o'clock News Block on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. Brought to you by Special Light in Decatur and Benton Harbor. There's a good chance you've walked through a Special Light door when you go to a local restaurant, school, store, or plant. In the newsroom, I'm Andrew Green. Vice President Kamala Harris visited Metro Detroit on Saturday just weeks before the midterm elections. Harris attended a private Democratic Party fundraiser and made an appearance in Detroit where she showcased the administration's efforts to spur the production of semiconductor chips. She also talked about the importance of young voters. When I think about our young leaders and young voters, you have so much at stake in these elections. I think about the climate crisis that we are experiencing. Extreme weather around the the country as a result of this crisis. What we need to do to build up our nation's resilience, which is going to be about again an investment in American jobs. The trip wrapped up with Vice President Harris taking part in a voter education event with students in Southfield. While it's getting colder outside, we're nearing one of the busiest months of the year for home sales. June, July, and December are usually the three busiest months. Months, according to Jeff Glover from Keller Williams Realty, he says this time of year is good for those looking for a new home. In the fall is, is a great time for people to get out and shop because, you know, they're, everyone's kind of back to school and they're, they're back in their routines. And people want to get settled if they're going to upsize, especially, or even downsize. They want to be settled in time for the holidays. So this is an absolute normal time uh, that we'll see. Glover says realtors are seeing a high amount of price reductions and he's expecting to see prices dropping this month and in November. That will be the first time prices have dropped in 10 years. As Van Buren County residents and businesses adjust to the closure of the Palisades Nuclear Power Plant, another $100,000 is being made available to small businesses for technical and financial help. Ashley Brightner with the Economic Growth Institute of the University of Michigan tells us The Institute has teamed up with Market Van Buren and the Southwest Michigan Planning Commission for this latest effort. Small businesses that sign up will have a team sent in from the Economic Growth Institute. They go in and do an assessment right alongside the leadership of the company. They look for opportunities. They look for challenges in those companies. And then they put forward a set of recommendations of how to best spend the funds available within the grant in order to help keep that company resilient and keep them strong at the end of the day when they lose this potential business. Grants of up to $30,000 are available for small businesses to make the necessary adjustments. Breitner says the U.S. Department of Commerce grant makes this aid possible. The deadline to apply is November 1st. We have the contact information for applying at our website. A Baroda teenager has been hospitalized after losing control of his vehicle and hitting a tree on Sunday night. Cass County Sheriff Richard Benke reports at about 8.30 p.m., 18-year-old Alex Foster was driving around a curb on Pavine Street in Pokagan Township, when he left the roadway and drove down an embankment into a tree, he was taken to Borgesley Memorial Hospital in Dwajack for minor injuries. And Banky says speed appears to have been a factor in the crash. The Nature Conservancy in Michigan is calling for the state to use part of its budget surplus to shore up the Michigan State Park Endowment Fund to help ensure park infrastructure is well maintained in the future. The Nature Conservancy's Rich Bowman tells us a record number of people have used state parks since the pandemic started and for a variety of reasons. A lot of people who previously vacationed in Canada have been vacationing in Michigan the last few years because the border's been closed. Bowman notes the outdoors are also a safe place to social distance, making them popular during the worst of COVID. He says the state legislature allocated $250 million this year for parks projects. That was the good news. The bad news was part of the reason we needed that $250 million is that we frankly haven't been generating as much revenue as it takes to maintain the parks. And so things have gotten behind. Bowman says the voter-created state park endowment fund is intended to use mineral revenues to maintain parks, but it's sitting at about $300 million when the goal is for it to be at $800 million. He's pushing for a one-time infusion of $500 million from federal funds to get the endowment where it needs to be. Bowman says that will save the state in the long run. After a 2.4-mile swim in the Pacific Ocean, a 112-mile bike ride over hot lava rock, and a 26.2-mile run in the heat and darkness, one St. Joseph resident can call herself an Ironman. Lisa Altman of St. Joe competed in the 2022 Ironman World Championship on October 6th in Kona, Hawaii, she tells us she's competed in marathons all over the country, but nothing compared to the conditions that she experienced in Hawaii. It was 90s. It's high humidity. You're swimming in the ocean, riding the bike for 112 miles through lava fields. It's so hot. It's like nothing I've ever raced in. And then the run, since the sun sets so early, it's pitch black, you know, for the last 13 miles of my run. It's just a matter of survival. The feeling was never to quit, but your body is just broken down. Altman says one of the main reasons she got into racing was to set an example for her teenage daughter and for female empowerment in general. One of my favorite mottos is about strong women, you know, here's the strong women, maybe we know them, way we, you know, be them, we raise them. And so that's kind of what I was thinking throughout this race, too, is to to be strong for my daughter, to surround myself with strong women. Albin says while the competition was grueling, she still was able to enjoy the solitude and scenery of the land as she competed. She also shared a motivational message for people intimidated by getting active. You can look for her complete story later on WSJM.com. And opening to the public this week will be some new pickleball courts in Niles. Public Works Director Joe Ray tells us some local pickleball groups asked the city for a place to play a couple of years ago. As the game grew in popularity, the city started looking at how it could meet the demand. We had eight existing tennis courts. Down at Plymouth Park, that were starting to fall in disrepair and needing maintenance and things. So it was decided that we would take half of those and fully demolish and then reconstruct 10 pickleball courts. Ray says it took about six months and $291,000 in federal ARPA funds to make the new courts possible. Pickleball is similar to tennis, so converting tennis courts for the new purpose wasn't a major undertaking. It mainly has to do with the striping and moving the net. Obviously, the dimensions of the courts is significantly different. It's a lot smaller. Ray says the new courts will be available on a first-come, first-served basis. Some local pickleball groups will be on hand for Wednesday's ribbon-cutting, offering demonstrations and giveaways. The event will be at 5.30 p.m. at Plim Park on Marmont Street off of M139. WSJM News now continues with your Bloomberg report. WSJM News now continues. Russia has launched more suicide drones on Ukraine's capital. And ABC's uh, Brit Klenet is there. We were on the site at a residential building where emergency workers were frantically searching through rubble, looking for survivors there. Half of that apartment was blown away. You know, rooms sliced into halves as people living there would have been getting up for their Monday morning, getting ready for the week. Firemen were able to pull out several people, but four people were killed, including, uh, as we understand, a pregnant woman and her husband. Ukraine is now calling on the EU to sanction Iran for providing Russia with the drones. The State Department is also warning countries about helping Iran sell drones and missil- missiles to Russia, says ABC's Andy Field. The U.S. State Department already exposed Iran for selling drones to Russia that are being used to attack Ukraine, and now warning to countries that may be helping Iran. Anyone doing business with Iran that could have any link to UAVs or ballistic missile developments or the flow of arms from Iran to Russia should be very careful. State Department spokesman Vidal Patel saying there will be sanctions against any nation, helping Iran prolong the war against Ukraine. Andy Field, ABC News, Washington. Applications for President Joe Biden's student debt cancellation program are being accepted through a beta launch of a new online form. Borrowers were notified Friday an early version of the application was being made available as the education department looks to find and fix problems in the process. Applications submitted during the pilot period will be processed after the form is officially made public the official form is expected to be made public later this month. Biden's plan calls for $10,000 in federal student debt cancellation for those with incomes below $125,000 a year. A group of major U.S. businesses wants the government to hide key import data, a move that trade experts say would make it more difficult for Americans to link the products they buy to labor abuse overseas. The proposal obtained by the Associated Press was made by an advisory panel comprised of executives from 20 companies, including Walmart, General Motors, and Intel. If adopted, it would shroud in secrecy customs data on ocean-going freight responsible for about half the $2.7 trillion in goods that enter the U.S. each year. Human rights advocates say it flies in the face of government commitments to be more transparent on trade. Early voting starts today in Georgia in a series of closely watched races for Governor and Senate. Morph maybe sees Jay O'Brien. With early ballots now being cast as of Monday, the attention of much of the political world now turns to Georgia. The tight Senate race there between incumbent Democrat Raphael Warnock and Republican challenger Herschel Walker could decide who holds the balance of power in the U.S. Senate. Also making headlines, the gubernatorial race between Republican Governor Brian Kemp and Democrat Stacey Abrams. Those candidates will debate tonight. Polls show Kemp in the lead. Jay O'Brien, ABC News, Washington. The nation's first trial over a state ban on gender-confirming care for children is started in Arkansas. U.S. District Judge Jay Moody will hear testimony and evidence starting up today over the law he blocked prohibiting such care for anyone under 18 years. The trial is expected to last two weeks and is the latest fight over transgender youth restrictions. Attorneys for Arkansas argue the ban is part of the state's authority to regulate medical practices. Families of transgender youths and multiple medical groups have criticized the ban. Arkansas became the first state to enact such a ban last year. The remains of four bodies found in an Oklahoma river have been identified as those of four men reported missing last week. More from ABC's Dave Packer. The Tulsa Medical Examiner confirming that dismembered remains pulled from the Deep Fork River are those of four men who disappeared more than a week ago while riding bicycles. Okmulgee Police Chief Joe Prentice. Although the official cause and manner of death is still pending, Each victim suffered gunshot wounds. Prentice says police now believe the men plan to commit a crime. That belief is based on information supplied by a witness who reports they were invited to go with the men to, quote-unquote, hit a lick big enough for all of them. Police identifying another man, Joe Kennedy, as a person of interest. Dave Packer, ABC News. A key witness in the trial that led to the conviction of disgraced Theranos CEO Elizabeth Holmes adamantly stood by his testimony during an unusual court appearance today. The prosecution witness, former Theranos Lab Director Adam Rosendorf, made a remorseful appearance at Holmes's Silicon Valley home after the trial, raising questions about potential misconduct. The hearing focused on Rosendorf, who, according to Holmes' partner William Evans, had expressed regrets about his testimony during an August 8th visit. But Rosendorf today repeatedly affirmed his testimony was truthful and Holmes' conviction was justified. A judge's ruling is expected by the end of the month. And the Justice Department and Steve Bannon. Disagree about how the, how the former Trump advisor should be punished for his contempt of Congress conviction. More from he's Aaron Katursky. After federal prosecutors requested six months in prison, Steve Bannon said probation would be sufficient. His attorney said Bannon's one-time job as a top advisor to former President Trump should afford him some leniency. They also complained the laws about contempt of Congress are outdated. Prosecutors said Bannon failed to comply with a subpoena because of his personal disdain for members of the January 6th committee. Whatever sentence is imposed on Friday, the defense asked the judge to put it on hold while Bannon appeals his conviction. Aaron Katursky, ABC News, New York. WSJM News now continues with your weather forecast.